Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Boy, howdy. How you doing, Nicholas? I am ready for the holidays. I am just dandy. I got my uh, my nice Scotch whiskey glass that you uh, you gave me. Yes, say, that's a nice glass. That's mm-hmm. a nice glass. You know what I like about it? it's got a nice heavy bottom. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's those in the DSG that love a nice heavy bottom. Yes, sir. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, Dork Shared Universe and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly presents to you the greatest podcasting team in the world he's the fry guy nick fryer i'm the backcracker dr joe together we are the tldr comic book club baby let's go nicholas i cannot believe we finally made it joe we have another (laughs) trade issue holy shit yeah you ready April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. It's been eight months since our last trade. Oh, my God. <laughs> and for those wondering why it's taking us so long, it's because we have so many guests on the show on top of our solicits. And the only way you can hear our guests, our conversations with our guests, our Friarside Chats, is you subscribe to one of our audio channels, whether that's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud. Subscribe there. Leave a rating interview. Five stars only, please, or you're going to hear from the good doctor. He's not going to be happy if you give anything less than five stars. So, um, yeah, we've been doing a lot of those. And, again, we have the solicits also thrown in the mix of everything. So that's another episode off every month. Realistically, though, like when we first started this out, Joe, our trades should have been like every, what, two to three months, really, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Dead yeah. issues, right? So uh, two and a half months, yeah. We've been going at this a long, a long time. We should uh, be in the hundreds so far, but um, <laughs> we got to give the people what they want is what it really comes down to. And uh, I know we want the interviews and we're going to keep doing them. So yeah. uh, not, none of those for you guys this week, though, and no catching up for you guys this week, too, because we're doing our um, doing a trade. So we're going to jump right into what's new. I will take us through this first, Joe, because I know you have a book you want to dig into uh, from Marvel. We have Amazing Spider-Man issue 14, X-Men 17, which you are staying on top of, X-Force 34, Midnight Suns 3, Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man issue 2, Avengers Forever 11, Star Wars Yoda issue 1, Alien 3, Defenders Beyond issue 5, Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise issue 1, All Out Avengers issue 3, Miracle Man The Silver Age issue 2, Star Wars Revelations issue one, Genesis Vale, Captain Marvel issue five, and that is not the only issue five that is out this week, Joe. What is the book you wanted to talk about from Marvel? Daredevil number five, baby. Oh, oh, Damn straight. Give it to me, Chip. Give it to me. <laughs> this was so good. This was oh my this god, was so good. Uh, <laughs> well, geez, okay. Hey, I'm I mean, gonna, I'm, I wear I wear my heart on my sleeve. Yeah, now, that's I mean, not going to be the only thing, apparently. Jeez. You know, th- those who've been, <laughs> yeah. those who've been, uh, who are familiar with the show know of my love of Chip Tzarski and uh, of Daredevil. And what I loved about this issue was that it, you and I, we have been enjoying the hell out of the new Punisher run, right? Uh, yeah. Jason Aaron, I believe. Yes. And there's some shit going on there with, with Frank Castle and his wife um, and the hand. And we don't really, we know what's going on, but we, we, there's still some mystery to it. And this issue does a really good job of, of giving us a little bit more 
because what we have now, you know, the storyline that's been going on with with Daredevil and Elektra and sort of resurrecting the fist, uh, they're getting into some shit and 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 you know they're they're getting ready for battle. This series has been um, it's such a contrast from his first run on Daredevil, but still just as good. And where you know Matt and Elektra are going is is piqued the interest and uh, is it's gotten the antenna up of uh, some very important people in the Marvel universe. Ooh. So this was uh, a great, great issue, and I can't wait. You know what what is coming next is, is going to be some fucking epic shit. You know we we have some special things planned for December, barring you know a bevy of interviews that may may or may not fall into our laps. Um, but, you know, we're talking about doing some creative different things, uh, as much as we joke about never getting our mainline issues in, but something I would be open to doing Joe too, is when, um, Punisher, I believe is only 12 issues. I believe it's a maxi series if I'm not mistaken, or whatever okay. you want to call yep. those things. Maybe when that ends, because Daredevil is coinciding with it so much, um, maybe we do something with that at the end, because I've been yeah. staying on top of Punisher. I'm usually behind at the, on Daredevil by one issue as in like, I don't stay on top of it for the show, but I read it, you know in the coming days so i'd be maybe we do something like that when the uh, when punisher at least wraps up since they're so closely intertwined yeah because it'd be interesting to see where daredevil is by the end of that story because it could be that they're only crisscrossing for a couple issues each and then that's it they both kind of go uh but it'd be interesting to see if the end of uh, the punisher uh run uh, continues to coincide with what's going on in Daredevil and how yeah. those how those you know two forces meet and, and and end up. So that's a really good idea, actually. And you know, thank you. And you know that Chip also told us when uh, when he was last on that he's not gonna like this is this this run on Daredevil is not gonna be as long as his last one. So it could very well be abrupt. It could be. I hope know, it's fucking longer than twelve issues for fuck's sake, Jesus. It, it, it might be. I ain't it ready for that. I ain't ready for that. I ain't yeah. ready for that. I heard Ryan Segman's trying to get him out the door over there, too. I don't know if that's... <laughs> that may just be hearsay, but the streets are talking. So, uh, Chip doesn't tweet much. <laughs> <laughs> and he put out a tweet today. He's... <laughs> You can go find my good friend Ryan Stegman on Truth Social or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that one too. Oh which, boy, which, which appears to be the exact opposite, I think, viewpoints. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was such a good fucking tweet. It was perfect. <laughs> Man, left and right, I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. good lord. Um, uh, let's see, what do we got from from DC? This all right well, that's a, quite a mouthful as well i think dc uh, might have had more than marvel this week or about the same actually 16 a piece holy smokes they had 16 a piece and i don't even think there's 16 books from the rest of the publishers uh this week which is fucking wild but anyways detective comics uh 1066 written by rom v haven't gotten to it yet I, i've been enjoying the hell out of this um action comics 1049 dc verse vampires 11 the human target Number nine, Harley Quinn, issue 24, Dark Crisis, Dark Army, number one. At least that one's condensed a little bit. Uh, we <laughs> Tim Drake, Robin, uh, issue three, Batman Fortress, issue seven, Batman Gotham Knights, Gilded City, number two, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, issue three, Punchline, the Gotham Game, issue two, Young Justice Targets, issue five, DC Mech, issue five, Batman has Scooby-Doo Mysteries, issue two, Ooh. and uh, Deathstroke, Inc., 
issue 15. Damn straight and Deathstroke issue 15. Whether you're listening to our audio channel, or maybe you're watching us live on Doc's Twitch stream, or maybe on YouTube or our Twitter feed. Uh, that's the book I'm going to be digging into today. So that's the only reason we're not talking about it right now. I've got a lot more to talk about with Deathstroke year one, but let's continue forward with what's new. We got image. We got a couple books that you and I do want to dig into a lot of books that we're reading uh, from this week. Department of truth issue 22 uh, image issue eight Hitomi issue two. What's this abbreviated one here that you got here? <laughs> What's the furthest place from here? So you uh, use, I usually do Marvel. You uh, usually do DC. Um, I do image. So that's why yes. you write the fuck up because you uh, I yes, wouldn't I, have done that to you. Cause I knew you wouldn't have gotten it. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, that that's my fault for pulling, calling an audible today. Oh, uh, we got the scorched issue 12, which we are both reading the magic order issue volume three issue five is the final issue of this arc. Talked about this story a while back. I'm going to be binging the hell out of this. I've been kind of trade waiting on this one uh, as much as I do like this series a lot. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, we have two titles that one I want to dig into by myself, but a larger one that I think we both want to get into. Why don't we start with that, Joe? Tell me your thoughts on the third issue of Vanish. Oh, man, this is good. This yeah. was good. We, 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 you know, I can't say too much, but right. we see, we see the main character here. He, uh, he, uh, you know, as Emeril Lagasse would say, bam, kicks yeah. it up a notch. Holy yes. smokes. Yeah, and it was, the, it was, yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say it was, it was really fucking good. And and I think you were about to allude to this, the art. Yes. <laughs> How did you get that? That's it. Been doing this a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just a smidge. <laughs> the art, the art in this issue, man, was extraordinary. Stegman uh, absolutely fucking killed it. And there was, there was some good vicious scenes. Holy smokes. Holy smokes, dude! Yeah, the violence in this series is ten out of ten, maybe eleven out of ten. Absolutely batshit. I, I vanishes was like I, image has pretty much. I would say my top five books, probably just like without even like thinking too much about it. It's probably all image. Vanish is one of them, and King spawns another one. Gunslinger spawns another one. So it's like the, I, I, obviously we can't say enough about image, but you like they're all doing their own thing. A rogue son is another one too. So it's like that, that's four right after rip. Very easy. Radiant Black's in that conversation. So, but like this this series, man, like you said, it gets turned up a notch for this character to the main character. Like uh, he's. <sighs> We know what he was going to do in the, the the first issue. We like, got a, a sense of like the direction that they're going to take this character and how they're flipping some genres on their head and everything um, while still being like being similar to some of the other popular titles that we've seen outside of Image. But the way they've ramped things up and how like violent and vicious they're getting, I mean, Donnie Cates and Ryan Segman, like just knock, absolutely knocking this out of the park. And then the final image of this issue too like it's just like oh fuck like it's like yeah no one's safe in this series very early on absolutely nobody's safe like they, they plan for eight issues and i'm you know excited for all of these first eight but i i just like pray to god there's no way like i know financially there's no way this doesn't go beyond eight issues but i just hope that they don't just say yeah you know we just want to keep it eight issues and and then move on to the next story because it's just this just has infinite potential Oh yeah, and and I think Stegman alluded to that too when we talked to him. Right, he said like True. they can do so many. They, I think they do have planned like things within this universe. Yes, like, like sort of like sort of what we're seeing now with Radiant Black. Right, I think they have a similar idea that they could do with Vanish. Right, mm -hmm. and the Vanish, and so yeah, the the stakes were 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 kicked up a notch. 
I I love nothing more than a wildly flawed, you know, um, you know, protagonist. And uh, man, this guy's got every fucking flaw in the book, and it's fantastic. Yes, yes, he does. God, his, I just can't say it enough. Like the character designs in this series, mm. not just the main character. Like he has a great look, but I mean, all of them across the board. Just yeah, can't get enough of it, of, of Vanish. Um, and, I mean, it's to the point where you know Lauren's read Lauren reads comics, but she's reading this monthly. So that yeah. that that's saying something. She doesn't have don't want to have to do that with a book, but she she's doing it. Um, another book that I'm really enjoying from Image. I don't know if I put it in my top five, but it's a thousand percent TLDR worthy, and that's Eight Billion Genies issue six. I've been saying that all along that I absolutely love this series. We got two more after this one, and each issue, and I'll I'll reiterate this again when I talk about it um, down the line. But each issue kind of. Uh, you, you get a lapse in time and, and, and you know, they set the precedent for it uh, or the tone for it in the first series with all the, with the genies and everything and just growing more and more and seeing how the characters change and develop. And this is a substantial uh, period of time that, that is, you know, we get a jump from last issue. Um, they do kind of hop around within that time period to, to show growth with the characters that we're focusing on. And um, we also get caught up on everybody else that we first met in the, um, in the first few issues that, cause they've kind of disbanded as a group. And um, I, you know, looking at this, this is, this is eight years after the 8 billion genies showed up. So the next one should be, I believe eight decades. So oh, I don't Jesus. like, so I like a lot of the character, the characters we have in the mix here, should be gone, but we're probably going to get a lot of updates too. So I, I'm like, again, this is a TLDR worthy book, but the next two issues, as good as this series has been, the next two issues, like those are going to be challenges. Like, how are you going to, what are you going to do? Like, I know there's a lot of rules that like with the genies that you can, you can bend here, but I'm just very, uh, and they did that in this issue, actually they bent some rules, but and it all made sense. I just don't know how they're going to do it. When you're trying to do, I would assume eight decades, and then I would assume eight centuries. So Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't know for sure on that last one, but we'll see. Um, but re- like awesome series, really fun and very different from anything else we're seeing in comics right now. So highly recommend it. Um, and I'll be talking about it when it all wraps up. All right. We got Boom, Joe. I know you have one book you want to dig into, but please take me through the others. Yeah, we have a Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, issue one, which boom, one. So definitely uh, need to read that. Just didn't get a chance to do that today. Eve, uh, Children of the Moon 2. So this is the second arc from this series that came out uh, over a year or so ago. Uh, we have the Vampire Slayer, issue eight. And then I have a book I want to talk about, but you wanted to touch on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 102 real quickly. So more of the Power Rangers community and everything like that, because I am behind on, on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Our f- a friend of the show, Melissa Flores, is writing the series right now. And um, she, like the rest of us, you know, d- who are fans of, of the, the property, tweeted out about Jason David Frank's uh, life ending and obviously in a very, very tragic manner. And I did talk about it on Change Our Mind, so I don't want to, you know, I don't need to go on again about it, but it's just that. It, it's first of all it rocked me it's still like when i talked to you about it before the show talking about it now still getting you know that uncomfortable feeling about you know a childhood hero passing and, and ending their own life it's beyond tragic and i just want to reiterate for those out there who are going through stuff there are people who care and if you're listening to this show know that doc and i care like we care about our listeners we care about the people who are listening to, who who you know 
are hanging out with us once a week, sometimes twice a week, maybe three times a week. If you're watching the show and listening to the show, um, if, if that's the case, you know, that's, I mean, wow. But um, seriously, it's, you know, if, if it's okay to not be okay, but please talk about it with those people that you care about because there, there are always people who care about you. Um, so I just wanted to share that Joe, as you take us into stuff of nightmares issue three. Yeah, thanks for that transition, Nicholas. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> no, it was no, yeah, everything, everything that Nick said. Um, because yeah, it's uh, fuck. Yeah. But anyways, uh moving on. <laughs> Stuff of nightmares. This is written by R. L. Stein. So this was oh. a this was a comic when I first read it. I wasn't really expecting much. I was expecting something to be kind of, you know, very um borderline childish, but it, it hasn't been. And it's not quite a TLDR book, but that is not to say this book hasn't been entertaining as hell and fun as hell to read. Um, the horror elements uh, of this are, are are really good, are really good, and it's it, you know the art has been uh, a nice, pleasant surprise too. So I've actually this is this is one of those rare books, right? Where I mean, it's the whole purpose of our show. We 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 grab a book that we might not have heard before or might not give a chance to and and you just read it and you you get pleasantly surprised and so that mm -hmm. has been you know stuff a nightmare so you know <clears throat> had this book come out at a time where maybe it was either wrapping up or finishing up right around october and could have made it like a spooky book even mm -hmm. though i'm talking about a spooky book today yeah <laughs> um this would be like a fun like october book to do you know, oh. uh, so maybe put a put a pin in it, and maybe you know, maybe for next year it gets mentioned, yeah. stuff like that. But like stuff with nightmares, R.L. Stein. If you see it out there, you know, grab it. You, you might you might find yourself to be pleasantly surprised by this because um, it's a little bit more. It's not like because I I just remember R.L. Stein like freaking me the fuck out as a kid, <laughs> but I was a kid, right? And it was yeah. aimed to freak you know the 10, 11, 12 year old out. Here I am, forty. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, and it doesn't quite freak me out, but I, I'm actually enjoying it for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I would highly, uh, you know, recommend if you're a fan, you know, of of horror, of horror stuff. It's not, it's not the most gruesome thing in the world, but it's just a fun little horror book. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I couldn't read R.L. Stein when I was a kid. The covers used to freak me out yeah. enough. I mean, there was one I, I still remember. Like the, I still remember the cover. It was like a dude, like in a in a cake. Or something like that or a cupcake or something like that it was very odd and i still remember having that nightmare about that character and i didn't even read the freaking book so 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 your bachelor party we shouldn't have a chippendale dude jump out of a cake oh uh, <laughs> yeah no that for a lot of reasons i don't i don't miss any that's not my <laughs> not my cup of tea to eat their own but not my cup of tea i'm trying to see if i can find the cup that yeah. cover right now but uh yeah no dude that was that was terrifying anyways um, but yeah, so I, I had asked you about it when you first read it, like if it's TLDR worthy, if it jumps out at you, N knowing now that uh, I'll wait till it's done. Um, and if you still feel it's TLDR worthy, then then I'll just wait till. No, no, give give it a rip. Give it a rip. You know, okay. it's, it's just a, it's a fun book, you know, like I said, mm -hmm. it's a fun book. Uh, let's see. From Dark Horse, we have Parasomnia, the Dreaming God, issue four. I'll just take us through the rest of these till AWA at the end, Joe. Uh, we got IDW, Dark Spaces, Wildfire, issue five, which you That's are That's a TLDR-worthy book, baby. Yep. Friend of the show, Sean, uh, Scott Snyder. Yes, and enemy of the show, Hayden Christensen, too, because of your own <laughs> buffoonery. Uh, and Sherman! <laughs> and Sherman! Uh, I'm uh, well aware. Don't try and act like I'm not doing it on purpose. Uh, anyways, uh, TMNT, the best of Leatherhead uh, from Source Point Press. We got Mysterium issue one. 
cover of darkness origins one shot so real issue? quick, so I have a couple of cover of darkness books upstairs that I've grabbed like the first couple issues of because mm. the covers look cool. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had a chance to read them yet. So, yep. um, you know, maybe, maybe we get a, we get a little diamond in the rough here with this cover of darkness stuff. Yeah, I I grabbed I think the first issue actually because again cool cover and I remember you putting it on my radar and I didn't I didn't give it a look no. so you still have like I don't have any other ones so that that's all you the source quite impressed you know they do come out with some stuff here and there yeah. that uh will surprise you I mean Good Boy was the one for me again yeah. TLDR worthy book but at the same time like not something I can really go on about for you know 10, 15 minutes like we do with most of our books just because it's just it's John Wick but it's a dog it's cool like that that's all I need to say. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and also from Sourcefront Press, we got Heaven's Rejects issue two. Uh, from Frank Miller Presents, we got Ronin Book two, issue one, and Ancient Enemies issue one. Might have to check some of those out, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aftershock, A Foulness in the Walls issue one from a friend of the show, Colin Bunn, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, that is a one shock, also, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Fear of Red Planet issue one. And then from Valiant, we have, uh, no, from Vault, we have Mindset Issue 5. And then, Joe, uh, AWA, we got a book that we're both reading, but I did not get a chance to look at it this week. I know you did. Oh, for fuck's sake, Nicholas, what are you doing? It's not the finale. I'll be on time for the finale, I promise. Oh, Jesus. Don't wrap me out to them, please. Well, they are, because I'm clipping this, and I'm going to string it together. (laughs) But love man, you guys. I mean, mean it. <laughs> love you, mean it. No, this was this was a this was the best issue yet. This was really fucking good. Uh, the demon, the priest, you know, talk about a flawed character and how we love a flawed character. There's some shit that happens in this episode, Nicholas, that just oh, because it's been it's been kind of building up to it, the la- especially the last sure. issue, yeah. built up to a, a seminal moment that happens in this issue and then the way it ends and then the interaction between father Voss and the priest is, it is so fucking good. So this, and, 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 and there's something else that happens in this book that I didn't see coming. Some, some good political theater. Excellent. Excellent little wrinkle into what has already been a fantastic series like this. This being the penultimate issue of the series, or, you know, or at least of this arc, uh, fucking fantastic. So this is again. You you were generous. You were a good friend. Joe's not I gonna was. give me an AWA book unless I earn it. But you did. This was a TLDR worthy book, a thousand percent, and you offered it up to me on a silver platter. So I appreciate you not uh, being. Be, well, I guess I'm thinking of the people first. I'm thinking of your friend first. So it's nice. You don't do it often. Um, it's your yeah. wedding gift. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect anything else. There we go. Oh, good lord. Um, so with 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 okay, so the end of the third issue was very much like a god, this has gotten kind of fucked up. Like, and it was already a really messed up book, and it was yeah, I've absolutely loved it. Would you say that sacrament issue four is even more fucked up? No, it's it's no, because like I said, okay. what happens in that issue leads to what happens in this issue, okay. right? And so there's fallout. Got it. Uh, and it's it's pretty significant. And so what this issue does is it, it really sets up for what's going to be an I think an epic final issue. Uh and so like this, like I said, to me, this was the best issue because you had a lot of elements coming together you had some of those threads that were out there being 
pulled now, pulled a little bit tighter, and the story is really coming into focus, and we get a little extra wrinkle that was added in here. So I can't fucking wait to see how this one ends. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 I promise you guys this. When, when the final issue comes out, I will have read it before we do the episode because I, I want to be able to talk about it at length with you because this, bur- this book deserves that at minimum. Um, absolutely outstanding series. All right. Uh, it, speaking of AWA, of course, a uh, friend of the show, John Lees, who is excited to hear that we're talking about this. He turned us towards this book. This is one of his original books. Not an AWA book, but of course, we've seen him do quite a bit of work over with AWA, a book that you've been really itching to give a look and talk about. I know it's not Dorktober anymore, but you said it yourself. This is a horror book that you have to talk about now because you've given it a look. What are you talking about today, Joe? Okay, well, so uh, the the fact that we were having a trade this week um, threw me off a little bit uh, because we oh, haven't yeah. done mainline and, and it, it snuck up on me, even though 69 nice, was just a couple weeks ago. Yep, uh, yep. This, this snuck up on me, especially with Christmas. I mean, holiday, Thanksgiving coming up the holiday. Anyways, 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 yeah. anyways, anyways. I'm like, what book should I read? And I'm going through books that I've been reading over the past several months and, and over the past year. And and I don't know why I thought of this, but I remember, you know, when we did, uh, you know, Hotel in the Crimson Cage, we had John Lee's on. He talked about this book, Sink. And I said, hmm, I should, let me let me give this one a look. And give I, it a bang. Give it a bang. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So, oh, oh, boy, I don't know if I'm ready. Honestly, because this book was fucking terrifying. So the book I am discussing, Trade 7, this is a must-read for any horror fan. It is Sync, written by John Lees, with art and colors by Alex Cormack. So this is the same team from The Crimson Cage, which I talked about earlier uh, you know, earlier in the year, uh, with letters by uh, Colin Bell. And uh, the synopsis. A forgotten East End district of a warped funhouse mirror vision of Glasgow, Scotland. Sinkhill is a hive of crooks, deviants, and killers, and ordinary folk unfortunate enough to live among them. Sink is a vicious new crime series from the creative team behind Oxymoron, The Loveliest Nightmare. When Alan misses the last bus home, a wrong turn on his walk home takes him into Sinkhill. There he must face an onslaught of knife-wielding youths, a fox-masked vigilante, and a nightmare lurking in a blue van. Now, I want everybody to know this, Joe. I know we try to keep certain things private in our own text conversation, um, but I got to tell everybody, Joe texted me on Friday, sink greater than hotel. And yeah. for those who are new to the show, uh, the uninitiated, you haven't, maybe you skipped the hotel episode. Hotel is one of our absolute favorite horror comics, period. I definitely talked about it on trade. It's among the top 10 Hashtag Dork Horror Comics, which we did with Rich Keith and Ryan Davey. I think it was last year um, for Dorktober. This it, it, Hotel is amazing. Might be my favorite book that you've talked about on this show. I'm sure that's some, a conversation we'll have at some point down the line. Absolutely loved it. Second volume was great. We had John Lee's on the show to talk about that and Crimson Cage. And for Joe, just like I love, love Hotel. But I, I will grant that you probably like it a little bit more just because you you were on it first and you have like you know, there's a little bit of something that comes with being on it first. But for you to say that is absolutely insane. So I can't wait to hear more about this. And I can't wait to friggin' read it. Yeah. The, uh, the, so they're different. 
mm-hmm. right? But they're the same because they're both anthology stories. Like with Hotel, more so in the second volume than the first volume, right? But in Hotel, we get issue to issue. We get sort of like singular stories that happen. And each one is is fucked up, right? But there's a common thread throughout them, and they all kind of get pulled together to tell sort of an overall narrative. And, and we get that a little bit more in volume two, where it's a little bit more of a linear story. We still have those individual stories that fall within it, but there's definitely more of a A to B arc there. Gotcha. Yeah. And so with with you know with sync, again, there's that commonality where you've got, you know, individual anthology-like stories, issue to issue. Uh, but the, the common thread is the location. Like, Sink, Sink Hill is a character. You know, this location is, you know, a character. So it's almost sort of like Pulp Fiction, where, you know, you have all these stories sort of taking place, uh, and, and they, they all sort of, like, connect in some way shape or form or they all interact with each other in some way shape or form even though they're not telling necessarily a linear story so like everything happens within this area of sink hill and the other thing i i would sort of just you know differentiate between the two like hotel that scared the piss out of me that was a fucking terrifying book right and that was dealing with a, a bit more supernatural right you know it had a bit more of a supernatural element to it Whereas sync is f- just flat out horrifying. It is violent. It is brutal. And I love uh, it's it's Dalabar Talich, right? That's the artist on Hotel. Yes. Right. He's he's like perfect for that, right? But Alex Cormack, like I saw his like his art on Crimson Cage, like it got brutal, it got violent, it got nasty, yeah. but didn't scratch the surface to what Hotel. I mean, to what sync uh, <laughs> gives you. I sent you a picture and I said, this wow, is the yeah. mildest of the art. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. It was, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the art. And I mean, Alex's art in this is just out of this world. And like I said, it is, it is brutal and it is vicious. It is visceral. I mean, it's just sink Hill is a fucking nasty place. And, and 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 we'll we'll get we'll get into that um you know in just a few moments but like that's what I I think I love you know reading those two books you know hotel and and and, and sink and I get why when we talked with Axel and he said like well I read sink that's why I wanted him to do hotel like yeah. I get I get why that book got him that job because mm. it is so friggin' good and they're both very so I love when it comes to horror like series like this same thing with the silver coin right is I love these sort of singular issues that have sort of a common denominator that sort of runs throughout them but it's not like it's always a major thing like you can have like this this thread that connects them all together without it like just sort of being that typical like story arc that you get you know from from most comics mm. and and so with sync the the five stories that are told within the first volume are so outrageous and i ha- i literally had to read them at day i refuse to read these at night right and and and, and the first really? issue yeah i i had to i read i had read them all in the day and i, I, know and I you, read like, i know you do that but like for just say you refuse to read refuse refused i refused to do it because i couldn't have that be the last thing on my brain mm. um and again it's a quick read which is great because it's it, you don't want to you put it down 
And so the, the first issue as a synopsis, you know, sort of talks about here is what's great about this first issue is it just starts off as very mundane. And he, the way that John builds the suspense throughout this first issue and what it does, right. Is he, he, he slowly builds the suspense and then it hits you with a jack with a jackhammer. And then he never takes his foot off the gas. Every issue from that point out, is just full throttle. And so it's a, it's, you know, it's uh, these guys that aren't, they're from Glasgow, but like, and they call themselves Glasgowans or whatever. And, but they're sort of like the rich kids that are coming in. They want to slum it up on the weekends, pretend like they're, 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 they're hard as shit and things like that. So they're in a, you know, they're in a pub and, and, uh, you know, there's a group of them and this guy's like, uh, oh no, well, um, I'll just Uber a taxi or whatever. I don't need a ride home, but thank you. You know, so his friends like, you sure you shouldn't be out walking late. I can give you a ride home. He's like, no, no, no. I'll, I'll get an Uber, um, or I'll take the bus. <clears throat> and of course, um, his phone dies, so he can't take the Uber and he misses the bus. So now he's got to walk home. And so it's on this walk through sink Hill that you start to see his interactions. Uh, <laughs> And it just goes from bad to worse like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, it, it gets it, – it, this is like – this is the point where it goes from zero to a 1,000 because uh, he's, he's just, just trying to fucking walk home. And, you know, he encounters a couple of, um, you know, uh, you know, homeless guys. Some guy's trying to get puts – a, puts a knife up to him. Oh, shit. And he lets him go. And then he takes a few more steps. And he's kind of being led down this alleyway, and all of a sudden, there's just a gang of guys, and they're they're all they're all part of this gang. They, you know, uh, the 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 leader of Sink Hill, his name is um, uh, let me get his name right here, uh, Cy McCurdy. So he runs everything in Sink Hill. Nothing nothing you know goes on without him. No, but these guys are pretty much gonna fight club the shit out of this guy and kill him. Like that, that's their initiation into the gang, and the, he gets saved last minute. By this fucking hatchet wielding dude in a fox mask, and he oh. just fucking goes ham on everybody, kills them all, right? Saves this dude's life, and then uh, says, "All right, bro, you got to get out of here. You need to go this way, that way. Get on the main road. Don't stop for anything. You fucking aim for the fucking third star and don't stop to you, you know you get to daylight, whatever the fuck it is from Peter Pan, right?" Um, and just get get the get the fuck out of there, right? And so, like, all right, so he gets out of there, and then all of a sudden you see this blue van, and out of the and out of the blue van, um, you just see uh, like these four, these clowns. These you can, if you're watching it, you can see behind me here these hideous, desert, horrifying clowns. Yeah. They throw this guy in the blue van, and they absolutely fucking massacre this guy. And that's how the fucking book ends. And I, what the fuck did I just read? And so, <clears throat> brag, um, right before we went um, on the show, I um, I messaged uh, uh, John uh, to just to let him know, uh, you know, really yeah. love the book. I'm going to talk about it. I hope I do it justice. Um, by the way, the end of book one scared the fucking shit out of me. I, I, think I, I think I said to him, holy fuck. And he told me, he goes, those were actually the first pages that Alex Cormack drew for him uh you know for this first issue and jesus christ like alex bro <laughs> i don't know what's going on in that head of yours one don't stop but two jesus christ 
you guys, you keep two, it on the page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh man, and that and that's just the first issue. And then like the tone of book two, book three, book four, book five. This is a this is a ten issue uh, series, by the way. It's two volumes. The you know, and 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 it tells a very different story, and and it just they get they 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 change and sort of. I don't want to say they change in tone because the tone is pretty much just like wanton violence, <laughs> but like each story has, has a different element, a different feel to it. And you sort of get these little common threads throughout. And it was, it's just so well-written and so wildly drawn that for me, like I love hotel and as, as a horror book goes, hotel is, is, is right up there. But like, I think for me, when I said that sink is greater than hotel, like this was a lot more visceral for me because it had more mm. of those. Oh fuck! What? Oh shit! I gotta mm. put it down for a second, you know, mm. um, and just because of just the nature of. But there was also just his writing. John's writing was was excellent. So a couple characters I just want to touch on real quick uh, for those when you go and pick up this book and read it. Um, like I said, Sink Hill you know, is a character onto itself. It is the most fucked up place in the world. Uh, it's got the worst kind of people, the worst kind of violence. It's just, this is not a place anyone should ever be. Right. And I hope, I hope John, this isn't based on, yeah. on some place that you grew up or used to or, or know, because that would really terrify the hell out of me. Uh, but it's not a place you want to be in day or night. Right. It is, it is oh. that terrifying. Um, the blue van. You the blue van pops up at various points. It's like when I when I when I first when he talked about sync briefly on the show and and sort of I thought like it was going to be all clowns all the time, but no, they're 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 very sparsely used, and it, it's either just sort of talked about as sort of like um, uh, a folklore kind of thing, um, or you actually see it. Fuck, you see that blue van? You get to fucking step it, son. Because bad shit's on the way. Um, and then I mentioned earlier, Simon Curdy, he's sort of the, the, the kingpin of Sink Hill. Nothing, and I mean nothing goes on in Sink Hill without him uh, knowing um, or having his approval. Uh, and he is one ruthless son of a bitch. Um, and then Mr. Dig is this murderous vigilante of, of Sink Hill. He wears this fox mask. He's really badass. Again, he's like, you only get a couple of snippets, right? I think in the first issue... Um, you might see him in the background somewhere else, and then you get a <laughs> oh Jesus. I think it might be issue four, issue three or issue four, where he's in it again predominantly. Oh fucking A Nicholas. Yeah. That 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 that's one of the panels that I sent you was yeah. from the scene that he's oh, in yeah, yeah. like um it's it's fucking wild. So this is a book that I cannot, you know, recommend it. If you're a horror junkie, like this is phenomenal. So there's two volumes. Um, the first one is excellent. I've got the second one queued up, ready to go. Um, man, oh man, oh man! Like I said, it is just start to finish. You, you'll, I mean, you'll read it in a day. You just you fly right through it. So the, you, you have me like on the edge of my seat for all this. I, I, I it, you know, we, it's this. It's gonna be. We have ten issue, ten main night issues until we do our next trade, which could probably take another year or at least a half a year before we do it well, it was but, eight months it was yeah. we, you know we we, we fucking you know uh, last Crazy. ronin did so I mean. yeah good lord uh we are the last ronin of podcasting so but yeah, yeah but um when uh, but 
I, so I'm, I am like, this is a leader in the clubhouse very easily. I mean, play. you go read it tomorrow. You just can't talk about it for a long time, but I would highly recommend read the fuck yeah, out of it. I, I, I can't wait to read this thing, but I'm definitely getting a sense of the differences between this and hotel as much as you're getting a lot of individual stories throughout the course of it. And to me, the big, like the biggest thing is like Mr. Dig, where he's in, like a continuous character. You have a guy who you can kind of latch yourself onto a little bit. Whereas with hotel, you more have the one eerie clown that is always looming. And every time I think of that story is I think of him and he gives me freaking goosebumps. Cause it's just like, you see the painting and then you see it move next panel. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, that's the <laughs> supernatural. It's part of the supernatural yeah. aspect of it. Right. And then, you know, amongst the other supernatural things that sort of happen, um, you know, it's, it, that's more of like hotels, like it's a haunting, right? Like mm. you're at this, you know, haunted hotel, you know, kind of thing. Right. It's a, it's a it's sort of a play on that. Whereas this is just like, this is just sort of like the day in a life of a really bad fucking place. And a lot of bad fucking people are in it. And a lot of bad, violent shit happens. Um, so and good. it's it was just excellent. excellent. I cannot wait to read this. And I need to ask you, too, again, just to, to make sure that the people, because this is from Comics Tribe which is a yeah. company we don't talk about often at all um, or ever, I should say. Um, so this is available. I, I saw on Amazon as you were talking, it looks like it's available there. Where did you read it? I, I mean, I read it on Comixology. I had to buy okay. it on Comixology. So I read it digitally there. Okay. Uh, this is Perfect. one though, where if I see in Newbury comics, um, I'm buying both these trades. It's going in the collection. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that straight up with at least the first one. Maybe I'll read the second one on Comicsology, but I'm definitely going to do that with the first one just because it sounds so good. And obviously, John Lee's friend of the show, uh, big supporter and everything like that. Great. You know, really had a fun time talking to him. Can't wait till we do it again. You know, hearing how – so obviously, we talked to him about Crimson Cage. We know how good that was. You talked about it on the show. I read it before we did the interview with him. Um you know, hotel, obviously we both just can't talk enough about it. I want more of it from AWA and then now sync And God, this sounds so good. Like, this is to me, like obviously John told you about it, but still it's like that diamond in the rough, like plot holes kind of was for me with Sean Murphy, as much as it was out there and everything. And I know, you know, Sean Murphy's work and I really like him. Like it's kind of like that off the beat comic that you just, you, you don't pick up on. That was an Indiegogo campaign. This is from a company that, you know, we don't, ever talk about on the show i'm a little jealous i gotta be honest you gave a look at it but more importantly this just shows how good both alex cormack and john lees are and with when it comes to john lees something to like you know a writer to keep your eyes on both both of them creators to keep your eyes on going forward whenever they're doing horror stuff it's probably something you should be giving a look because we've talked about three books from them now you you've given into them uh really deeply on this show i mean like they're horror creators on the reps yeah and 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 it's good to see john get some uh, so he's done you know a couple books now at awa he's done this um and, and i you know the pillar and pride i can't remember the name of the full title it was supposed yep. to come out a couple weeks ago i think it got pushed back till december so i've okay. got my eyes on that i mean john lee's is on my list now of he's writing it i'm buying it i'm reading it i agree right? and um I, I I believe Keith told us this before, but he mentioned it again when I was talking about doing the show, uh, doing this book on the show. That Alex Cormack is Uncle Buck's either brother or brother-in-law. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah, so yeah. We so we to... might have to we may have to reach out and see if we can get Alex on the show because I would love to talk to him because he's got a very unique art style and it's vicious, man. 
Yeah. Like, I, I need to know I need to know what's going on in that cabeza because <laughs> we'll say fala portuguese now. Yeah, yeah si. look at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Good job. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. A great pick, Joe. Great find. Obviously, yeah. uh John, you know, put you on that path. And you know what? John put us on a path for some other books that we may be talking about in December at some point with a friend of the show from the DSG. Just, you know, we got some fun stuff coming in December, but that's a little bit of ways away still, although not that far off. Um, I have a book that I want to talk about, and I just realized I never changed the banner. So this whole time you've had what's <laughs> So I apologize. I blame that on the the, the scotch that I'm drinking in the 603. Love that stuff. Anyways, sync. Make sure you guys pick that up. Lord oh, knows I'm going to be reading this that. This guy's over. lived in New Hampshire for like four months, and he thinks he's like you know, uh, Mister Fucking New Hampshire over here. You know, I mean, I've done. I've done. He's, he's, he said that he's at a shooting range now. He's splitting. He's splitting logs. That was terrifying. You know, that Jesus. Was, that that was terrifying. I'm not. I'm not built for that. Um, I am more of a swordsman. I would say, like our friend Rich Keith, and like Slade Wilson, who I'm going to talk about today. And um, I'll tell you what, Joe. So Deathstroke Inc. is a series that I said I was going to read. That I was in, that I was interested in from the jump, and that was actually when Joshua Williamson was writing it. And I did like the start. Things got a little bit weird for me in the course of things, but I stuck with it because I like Deathstroke a lot. Um, all around, still solid. There was an artist change in the course of it all, too, which I, I thought started off really strong, then kind of went away from it. Um, still, it was, it was solid. But I am focusing only on the third arc of Deathstroke, Inc. So that's issues 10 through 15. This is Deathstroke, Inc. Um, year one. This is written by Ed Brisson. Art by Dexter Soy, which if you've listened to the show for a length of time, you know Dexter Soy. If he's drawing stuff, I got to give it a look. Uh, colors by Veronica Gandini, and then letters by Steve Wands. And the again, like Deathstroke Inc. was solid. It leads into um, the, the larger DC story that we've got going on right now, Dark Crisis uh, on Infinite Earths, whatever the hell they want to call it now. But it was Dark Crisis originally. Um, and, and this was an odd shift from I'll, I'll i'll get to that in a second first the synopsis from the first issue of this arc slade wilson's blood-drenched past and exploits are well chronicled but how did slade become the infamous assassin and mercenary known as deathstroke what dark turns did his life take that set him on the path of destruction that would tear his family apart find out as deathstroke year one begins i'll tell what, you what that was He's scheduled to have a wedding on Labor Day weekend. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know who would do something something so despicable. Um, but I'll tell you what. I was. Um, I was when I got when this started. I was like, wait, we just had this whole build up to what's going on with Deathstroke now, and now he's like in charge. He's got his own like, uh, like. Not, the organization, whatever you. I guess Deathstroke can get his own his whole organization now. He's basically taken over. Why are we going backwards on this? And it's like, in the end, it's because of what's going on in Dark Crisis. So it kind of makes sense, but it was an odd shift. But I'll tell you what, it was a, it ended up being a pleasant surprise. A, because I think Ed Brisson does an outstanding job with the series. And then, of course, Dexter Soy, I, I can't say enough good things about him as an artist. Um, so the characters that are are in the mix here, Deathstroke's obviously at the center of things. Wintergreen is always involved when you got a Deathstroke story going on. Uh, Adeline Kane, who is his 
wife at the time. Of course, it ends up becoming his ex-wife later on down the line. We also get a little bit of Green Arrow thrown into the mix as well. And, uh, you know, Deathstroke, year one. It's plain and simple. Like, it's the beginning of his mercenary career. Um, and with him, too, it's not just, like, we, we learn a little, like, we've already learned in the past about how he became, you know, um, a metahuman. It, it, I think obviously he went you know, stuff in the military experimenting, but it's this takes that and, and you take it to another step with like what he does in that aftermath. He's not, he doesn't just necessarily go from military super soldier, you know, do that in the military and then become an assassin. There's a little bit of a period in between. And with Deathstroke too, you know, in general with DC, we've kind of seen with some of these anti-heroes where they've tried to humanize them in different ways. Like whether that's with Jason Todd, you want to take away his guns or with Deathstroke. We had like when Christopher Priest wrote Deathstroke, which he did a great job. Um, I forget the the part in the, the his story where Deathstroke then started donning. He had his own team and he had the, the white getup and everything like that. Like you try, you're trying to humanize him in a different way. And of course, Priest did a great job with that series and used that whole thing as a little bit of a twist too about what Slade Wilson was going through. But for this, you're talking about him at the beginning, like how he's dealing with family life. He has a son that he's coming home to, and he finds out that he's going to have another son. How does he respond to all of that? And again, he's like missing the military life and what he did in that, that course of uh, you know in his time there. So, and then it's him becoming a mercenary, finally become like becoming Deathstroke. He still got two eyes, like he hasn't lost those yet. So it's very, it's very early in all the things with him. And as much as yeah, he's a metahuman and yeah, he's indestructible. He's he went from being in the military and has all this experience, but he's not Deathstroke just yet. It takes a little bit of time for for him to become Deathstroke. And even by the end of this, as much as there's growth and there's ruthlessness, like. He's still not Deathstroke, like by, by at the end of, of, of this this arc. And I honestly, you speaking of that too, I kind of wish that DC had done this as its own separate thing. Like it's it's within Deathstroke Inc. And I, I said to you a while back, like I think I'm thinking about this. This was the, the title I was thinking of, like where we should talk about with with the um like legacy characters, you know, Marvel, DC specific arcs that we really enjoy mm. because sometimes you can just like, this is a book. This is something you can go pick up. You don't need to read the rest of Deathstroke. You don't need to read other Deathstroke stuff. Like you already know I mean, and you're fine. I did that with Nightwing. I never read any of the, the previous stuff. I just started reading when Tom Taylor took over yes. and you know, I, I, I did some background. I used some cursory background stuff on the Rick Grayson yeah. stuff. But other than that, like, just to kind of know in case it popped up again, but like, you know what I mean? Like, like it did. I love that. I fucking yeah. love, I, I love that they can do that because that's, I think that's a challenge for new readers. Like mm-hmm. uh, taking my nephew, for example, into the comic book shop, you know, it's either, he's either going to grab trades of things that are already out. So you can read it all at once. Or like, he's just not going to look at the, go to the what's new rack. If it's, if it's not a number one, if it's already five, six, 10, 20, whatever issues in, yeah, you know, like, how do you you know pick that up and read it, and because it looks awesome, but you're what the fuck is going on? Like, that's a challenge. Yeah. Um, so I love that you know 
this is something that you can do that because I can very much do that with uh, with Nightwing. Yeah, it's very uncommon when you're talking about like a like ongoing series. I mean, this is the end, I believe, of Deathstroke Inc. Again, it's ten through fifteen. I believe this is going to go down as the third arc of Deathstroke Inc. So when that trade comes out, when you guys are looking to pick it up, um, and uh, the fifteenth issue is out this week, so it just wrapped up. I read this like well before we did the show, uh, before the weekend and everything, because we get that kind of access. And I, I absolutely love how I, I love how this wrapped up. And again, like I talk about Dexter. Sword you know there are quite a few artists in, in the business now joe that we talk about and it's like if you see their stuff you've got to give it a look like stegman obviously only does donny kate stuff so it's not really like you know you're not really trying that hard like obviously you're going to give that stuff a look dan mora whenever he's doing stuff but again he's getting paired with a crazy artist you're going to talk i'm assuming i forget you're going to talk about superman batman world's finest uh, on the show at some point or no no yeah. i've never read it i collected solely to give to my uh my nephew oh that's what it was okay yes yeah. yeah. so but he's doing he's doing great stuff over there um and then he was standing on once the future but so many covers dexter soy is someone who like i don't know if he has like a solo contract with dc but i'd like to see him do stuff outside of dc i know he's got the artist elite stuff going on but that's been a little bit weird and try hard to keep up with what the hell exactly they're trying to do over there that was a whole new thing with like him and kirkham i think john boy a friend mm -hmm. of this in that as well but when he's seeing him on Deathstroke, man, and if you're watching the show right now, he is one of uh, one of the, one of the covers that um, that I wanted to you know just share with with the people. But man, he does such a good job, and he like the way he takes like little things like with Deathstroke, where he has like the you know we used to see him in a helmet, but sometimes with his helmet, even he has like the little like bandana thing going in the back in the early Deathstroke years. In this case, he has. The, the it's all a face mask like um like just cloth and then he's got the long bandana like strands like whispering in the wind it just adds to the badassery of this character too um and i think brisson just like does an outstanding job again like we're, we're christopher priest again I, I talked about that a while back on the show that stuff is must read that's a lot longer read all of the christopher priest stuff it is great you don't need to read that to read this and, and vice versa necessarily but i think that if you enjoy how Christopher Priest enjoy, uh, explores the humanity, you know, Slade Wilson's humanity, I think you're going to like this a lot. It's it, from a different lens, obviously, because he's been Deathstroke a long time in Priest's run. And then with Brisson's run, he's just becoming Deathstroke. So it's a, it's a, the kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. And he's becoming, he's already kind of ruthless, but he's still like building up to becoming, you know, th that transformation from Slade Wilson to Deathstroke. So, it's a lot of fun. It's only six issues for this. I, I would love more of, of this as well, but um, I don't blame them for being concise and just wrapping it up in that bit. But again, I just would have liked it a little bit more if they kept it separate from Deathstroke Inc. So it was easier for the readers to identify that. But still, again, if you like Deathstroke, if you know someone that likes Deathstroke, you do not have to read any of the other Deathstroke Inc. stuff. Again, solid, but this is, this is superior. You don't need to read any of that in order to read this and appreciate this. This is what I'm definitely going to check out because I'm not, uh, you know, I, I don't read uh, Deathstroke. I, you know, again, familiar with the character, but I've never really read mm -hmm. any of his stuff, you know, familiar from what you've seen on, you know, the shows, the movies, all that kind of stuff. And, and I love Ed Brisson. He's written, um, you know, he's written a bunch of Old Man Logan. Uh, What's Wrong with Patrick Todd, which I'm currently reading, uh, which is a fantastic series. Uh, Beyond the Breach, which is a book that I forgot. That's a potential TLDR-worthy book. Uh, that was a great little sort of sci-fi um, slash 
I wouldn't call it hoarder, but it was just it was a really good book. So I, I enjoy Ed Brisson, uh, you know, his, his writing. Mm-hmm. And I would like to I, I like that I could pick up and just read this arc uh, and get a good, you know, get a good sense of the character um, and the badassery, as you say. Uh, yeah. To coin a phrase. Uh, but this sounds fantastic. The action, so the action is so good. And again, like I, I love the, the integration of Green Arrow and all of this too. Uh, but just the way, like the, the way that, like I can talk about, you know, Soy's art. It's it's outstanding. But the way that Brisson understands this character too, a character that like is, I, I feel like isn't always handled well. Like sometimes we see his humanity get explored and it's like, oh, well, why are we going in this direction? Like he's still, he's ruthless in, in, in everything. Um, I, I, I just think that, I think that Brisson like gets him at a great time, and that's why I would love to see more of this because it's just a development into him becoming like that, just like soulless mercenary. And it's it's it, and by the end of it, you do you do get a little bit of that, but at the same time, it's it's, it's there's just so it's, it's just like kind of like you're just scratching the surface, really. So it's not nice. kind of not even all the way there, but yeah, nice. Yeah, so Deathstroke Inc., pick it up. Again, you're going to see it as the third volume. You do not need to have read a single page of the rest of Deathstroke Inc. in order to give this trade a look when that comes out. But that is is enough of that, Joe. It is a trade issue. Trade 7, TLDR Mainline Issue 70. What book that I have talked about on this show, for those who don't remember, this is what we do on trades, what book have I talked about on this show that you have taken a look at do you plan to talk to talk to me about today i know you, sorry i i a question from swag is there so what what do you guess what what are your guesses oh okay so uh, i have the full i had the full list pulled in front of me i can't remember give me, give me one second i had i had it pulled in front of me because i told you that there was like four from the last 60 that we had done that i thought okay joe might check it out um, Barbaric was on that short list, but I didn't think that's what you were going to do. Magic Order was one. Um, Killer Be Killed was another. I believe Reckless was another as well. I, I would have put Animal Castle on that list, but I, I don't think that's easily accessible. What castle? Um, Animal Castle. You don't remember okay. that one? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. From like you said something else. Okay. Oh, wow. Jeez. Wow. Well, Animal Castle. You're slurring your words, Nicholas. There's another syllable in there. Anyways, yeah. uh, King of Spies would be another one that I would throw in there. But I'm going to put Reckless as the one that um, that you check, checked out. Yeah, Reckless. Yeah, of course yeah. it was. Yeah, damn right yes, it was. Had so me. funny story. It wasn't going to be. It was going to be Bunny Mask. I was going to do Sink and Bunny Mask oh, back to back. Oh, man. Two reasons. One, after reading Sink, there was no fucking way in hell I was gonna read Bunny Mask. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. And two, like I couldn't find uh Bunny Mask. Um, you know, uh, I could find it wasn't on Hoopla, it wasn't, you know, uh, so I was like, okay, I'll buy it, I'm gonna read it, and just the 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 cosmos is telling me save Bunny Mask for a different for a different day and time. So I read Reckless. Yeah. By Ed Brubaker, with art by Sean Phillips and colors by Jacob Phillips. And man, I mean, this this genre, Ed, you know, Brubaker's writing. I just love the the crime, the noir, that that pulp fiction 
so much. I mean, we 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 I talked about with Peepland, right? Peepland had that feel to it. Gun honey has that feel to it, right? These these hard-boiled crime stories with these again flawed, you know, protagonists. Um, and this I Nick, I again I read this in a day. I read sync and I mean just just flew right through it because you just it's a page turner. You wanna you wanna you know you don't want to put it down and I couldn't put it down. And so the story that we that we get here with um with Ethan Reckless and him trying to you know you him being a character who is sort of this like fixer for hire sort of thing, I think is a really great uh premise for a former um FBI agent. Mm. right and just sort of you know again he's got his flaws and the reason why he's former all that that's all sort of explained in, in, in this in this first volume and him sort of going on this sort of vengeance tour uh, i thought was excellent and and what i love about this genre you know whether it's you know brubaker any of brubaker's stories whether it's la confidential whether it's the maltese falcon whether it's people whatever you know the, when you talk about crime noir, pulp fiction, these these types of you know crime stories, what I love about them is that they're gritty, and that the writer always does such a brilliant job, and especially Brubaker in Reckless does such a great job at setting you down a path, setting you down a course where you feel like you know what's going to happen and and at the end you even when when you think it's wrapped up right even though like you had a feeling where it was going you were satisfied because you know you know you feel like the main character got his just desserts and then right and this is this is not a spoiler because this happens this this type of story it's what always happens the way things then unfold from there and, and and the main character is like what and then him going back and putting all the pieces together, and then you get the the, the true reveal. It's excellent. It, it's always excellent. And Brubaker's a master at that. He's a master at it with this and this particular character. And uh, 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 Sean Phillips' art in this again, it's it's so wonderfully done because it's like it's violent when it needs to be, but it's not over the top. Oh. And he has a great deal of restraint and, and, and Sean's use of colors, muted tones here, you know, a lot of sepias, a lot of blues, like there's this gritty grittiness to the colors as well that I think fits this type of story. It feels like a throwback. And I absolutely love it. This was this was such a perfect book. And I believe these are just trades, right? And there's what five or six of them out. Um, no, there's four, five, five now. I haven't read the yeah. just yeah, I haven't read the fifth one yet, actually. Yeah, so I cannot recommend these enough, especially if you're a crime junkie, uh, a noir junkie, you know, love that sort of pulp style, you know, hard boiled kind of crime story. This was this was such a delight. Um, you know, again, like both these books, reading both these books, you know, over the course of of the weekend was so like, it's weird. Like, I think we get into doldrums a little bit because I was, I was talking about this, was playing some, some, some cart with, with Keith and, 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 uh, some of the other DSG guys last night. And, you know, we were talking about books and like last year I read close to a thousand and I'm far off that pace this year. I'm closing in on 700 
Now there's still another month to go, and I'm sure you know, but I won't I won't come close to what I read last year. Mm. And so it's like, uh, so, and there's been a lot of really good books, but sometimes like, I, I'm just not in the mood to read. I'll go, I'll go sure. through like some mini funks, but these two books just like, boom, sparked like yes, yeah. I could read the rest of this Reckless series and the next. I there is no doubt that I will have read by next week the rest of this Reckless series and the second volume of Sync by the time we reconvene next week mm. because like it's you know the, the holiday weekend i'm gonna have some time um i'm in i'm in like i it's like the witcher like reading the witcher yeah I, I just one after the other couldn't put it down right yep. same thing so good it's it's absolutely outstanding i'm so glad you read it and i mean like it's a similar thing where to for me where when i i remember first seeing this the, the cover for the first reckless book and i was like huh that looks kind of cool. Like I, I feel like it gets. I don't. I, I don't. I have no clue what they're going for here. But like I want to give it a look. And this is a while back, um, a few years ago. And I was just like, oh, I, I don't like. I don't know what it is. Like without looking at synopsis or anything like that. Like we know Brubaker obviously and Phillips. But I was like, oh, this looks cool. And when I finally gave it a look, it, it, I mean, I, I was I was visiting my my future in laws, and it was like late at night. I was still working at night, so I had worked all night there. Um, while we were visiting them and then I got into bed and then I was like, I, I give it a look cause I'm still kind of wired from working and I just stayed up and I'm like, I got to keep reading this. This is so freaking good. Um, in every single reckless book is yeah. just like that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you gave it a look. I think a friend of the show, Rich Keith from hashtag dork has actually also read at least the first dark and I'm pretty sure right. Davey has too. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's outstanding in all of, I haven't read the fifth one, but I, I bet dollars donuts that, you know, it's just as good as the rest. These are books I consider given to my old man. He doesn't, he doesn't read comics, uh, but he did. Right. And he's, he's a fan. He's just, you know, uh, these are books I give to him and reading. Yeah. I think he'd enjoy them very much. There's it's so good. And, and I mean, like this talking about the story, but like Sean Phillips aesthetic and, and Jake Phillips too, like it's, it fits perfectly for all of this like it's just yeah. it's amazing and I, I i like all-time books like you know we we talk about a lot of books that we really like on here but when we're talking about like all-time books i don't know that every single one we do is an all-time book like we really like them and i would i'm glad i read them but like this is one where it's like yeah it's the next level yeah After it really is really yeah. is uh so all right now it brings me to uh to my book uh what do you what's your guess I mean, it's got to be the good Asian. Of course uh, it does. <laughs> of course it does. I mean, what do you think this is? Um, what, I mean, what else am I going to read? I've been complaining about this for, for months. I haven't been able to read it. I mean, and you've had, you, you've enjoyed my, my the Asian, suffering. the Asian. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, Jesus. Good wow. Yeah. Nick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Uh, the, the good we'll Asian. Clip that. Right? The we'll good Asian. There we the go. Um, anyways. Um, <laughs> Yes, the good Asian, whatever. It, it, uh, it, so the good Asian. Um, you've enjoyed my suffering, Cherish. Chen enjoyed my suffering. We had her on for Radiant Red. Um, and then a friend of the show, speaking of Rich Keith, he enjoyed my suffering too because he let us know that he read the book and he really enjoyed it. So, yes, it is a hot button issue. And I finally gave it a look. Um, of course, uh, written by Pornsack, uh, Piscotti, Alexander, Tefgeni, this is a tough name show. Lee yeah, Luffridge, yeah, yeah. and then Jeff Powell as the colorist and uh, letterer. Speaking of a good crime noir sort of pulp story, yes. right? 
Dude, the end of the first volume is just like, wait, that's where you wanted to go? And the, like the, the, like, it's just the, the way it starts and then the characters, that like what gets thrown in the mix and a couple of twists and turns, but like the characters that, that gets thrown in the mix that's causing all this ruckus by the end of the, 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 the first volume is just like, wait, wait a second, you got this mass murderer on the loose and that's what's <laughs> going on? And it just comes out of nowhere too. So um, I, I love it. I love the character, um, the, you know, the two, actually the two characters that this is centered around too. And I think that um, like, you know, Edison Hart's great, but a Lucy fan, the, the cover of the second volume too is really cool. Like it's got that like old school aesthetic and everything like that. Yeah. So um, I think they, they, they push the right buttons here uh, in terms of like throwback and everything, but also like, it's very educational. Like these, yeah. this is a, like you said, this is a lot of stuff like, we, I, I had no clue about you, and you had no clue about it, if I remember correctly, too, right? I mean, not not to that detail. You know, yeah. I, I definitely knew that you, you know, uh, you know the the internment camps and 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 the yes. race, the, the right, oh, but I didn't know like to that level, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I I knew you know that that, that Asian community developed d- d- dealt with racism like back then, but I just didn't know it was like. The, the, I just again stuff we we don't know, and especially when yeah. it's in San Francisco too. We're not, you know, we we've been we're East Coast boys uh, through and through. But God, it's 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 wild some of that stuff. So they they do a great job educating you on that, and, and at the same time, it's just like it, it flows all with the story perfectly yeah. too. So a very well told story, a a, a, a conflicted character in Ed yeah. Clark, my. Yeah. God, I mean, like, he, I don't know if he said he was soulless, but he at one like he very much like alludes to like how it's just, like I should. I remember at one point he's like, I should feel bad, but I don't. Like, <laughs> okay, so you yeah. you, you understand yeah. that you're like you're just not showing anything, but also it's like it's about survival for him, yeah. just as much as it is for anybody else. So really cool character, really conflicted character. Um, and I, I just I, you know like again, I call. I just want it to go on the record. Because I know Joe will say, you know, people don't remember who called dibs. They remember who talked about the book. I just want to reiterate to everybody that I called dibs on the good Asian. And then Joe screwed me over. We um, rectified this situation. It's old new stuff. You live yeah. in the past. You die in the past. The past is for cowards. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Okay. Tell me how you right. really feel. Yeah, okay. That was Coach Ditka. Ah, okay. <laughs> You're a Chicago one. You should know that. that they won that be, one Super Bowl. That should be tattooed across the small of your back. Uh, <laughs> Bears. Bears. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, The Good Asian was the book that I read in preparation for our trade. Two image books. Not a yeah. surprise. We talk so right. much about image on here. And, and again, another example of a book leading you down a path. And then when you get the reveal and then the, the, the look back and the, all the Easter eggs and crumbs that were left behind that you like, th- these are books that you can reread. Yeah. And be like, Oh fuck. Yes. That's right. Yes. And you see it. And it all, when it all comes together, man, it's absolutely fantastic. Dude, as you're talking about the reckless books, I'm like, you know, I don't, again, I, I'm not big on rereading stuff. Cause I'm not big on rewatching stuff. Movies is one thing, but like shows don't necessarily do that. And comics, I feel like are kind of similar because of the, the length of commitment. But as you're talking about the reckless books, I'm like, you know, it's been so long and I really like mm. them a lot. I might go back and reread those, you know, yeah. it's that good. So um, that is, that puts a ball. Uh, uh, that's it on our trade. Our trade issues, trade seven, issue 70 is in the books. I cannot believe we, we made it, Joe. 
We did. Digit. We did. Yes. Another day, another dollar. We'll do eighty in uh, in two years. Right when twenty twenty five. When, when last Ronan wraps up. But uh, until next week, Joe, when we are doing our December solicit, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I think yep. so. Okay, we'll have to check the calendar. Everybody will know if it's December first or later. We'll be doing our solicit. Uh, but until then, stay sexy. You know it. I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.